This is Who You Know. Uh, today, I bring you a conversation with the musician Janet Bean. We talk about her uh, childhood in uh, Kentucky, getting into playing musical instruments as a child, uh, her band's uh, Freakwater and 11th Dream Day, and then the projects she's involved with now. And then also her new uh, emphasis on writing, um, in, in a first for this show, I have to make a correction, uh, which Janet asked me to make sure I say that she misspoke and that her bass player in the forthcoming, uh, project she has with, uh, Nightingale singer, Robert Lloyd, uh, was not a member of the Misfits, but rather, uh, the Membranes. So there you go. Hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. It's fascinating when you take them apart. My husband Mike um, also, for a period of time, uh, found some sort of uh, joy in fixing people's bones. Wow. And so he had you know, the little monocle <laughs> thing and all the tiny little tools. And it was, it just amazed him. He's like, look at, look at this, look at like the soundboard in here for the, the microphone. Uh, and it's just, it's amazing yeah. how they look inside, um, how they produce such remarkable sound for how tiny yeah. thing it is. Yeah, it's crazy how small they've gotten. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they do too many things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny, we still call them phones. Yeah, they're not, yeah. they're not phones. No, not My thing is a phone. I have a phone. <laughs> This is a phone. <laughs> and everybody thinks it's a calculator, but it is not. <laughs> yeah, you know, between just communicating with people, I keep notes on there, I play games, I look at social media. There, there are days it's like, you look at the little reader and it says, I have used the phone a total of eight hours, because I do puzzles on it too. Oh. I take time to crossword puzzles on this. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ, I, that was my job today, just fucking on my fucking around my phone. Yeah. What did you get paid for that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm studying Spanish. I study Spanish on my phone all the time. Oh, so. wow. So have you, uh, have you switched, like, migrated completely to just a phone? Because I know a lot of people don't use, like, a laptop anymore. Like, uh, No, I prefer to write on a laptop. Yeah. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's too much people, for me. Yeah. I can't write in a tiny phone like that. Yeah. I have to see it all, you know, everything there in a large format, and, and typing like this is much easier for me than yeah. thumbing it. Yeah, I never could get used to the soft keyboard. Like, it just was incredibly frustrating. You mean on a phone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like the cookity-clack of Yeah, keys. I like buttons. Yeah, I like <laughs> buttons, too. I guess that's it. I have a few. I have, I have a collection of typewriters, too. Um, I still use a typewriter. I, for I mean, for art mostly, but I use it. To, mm-hmm. It's a yeah, portable Smith Corona. Yeah. Then yeah. I got a I, I got a Cyrillic one, Smith Corona oh, nice. made one like in the seventies, like with Russian. <laughs> it's it's great. Yeah. Just found it on eBay. You know. That That's works. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a. I have the Elevator Valentine, that one that's in the entryway coming in. It's a red one. It's really beautiful. Kiki, uh, one gave it to me. And then I have another really beautiful seafoam green Olivetti. Mm. I have this other one that's an early electric version of theirs. It's super cool looking. 
that I've never really had refurbished. Mm. My favorite one was the IBM Selectric that I used when I went to when I went to school. My mom got it for me. Mm. It was so great. It was really a great typewriter. Yeah, I was just talking to somebody else. I mean, I went to art school in the very early '90s, and I still wrote my papers on a typewriter. Yeah. Like that was normal. In the early nineties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At home, I didn't have a computer. Mm-hmm. And I think at school, I went to the School of the Art Institute. There was a couple of computers that people were sort of starting to use for mm-hmm. something, but it wasn't. Right, and if you it had wasn't one, ubiquitous. It wasn't like you had a printer to print. No, no. <laughs> anyway. No, I mean, I think. Yeah. yeah, I may have had an electric typewriter, like a Selectric yeah. or something. I may have just had a manual one. Still, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, all my school, I have my school papers, and they're definitely typed Type. out on a on a typewriter. Yeah. You know, the, I am so thankful though for the computer because I am um, spelling is not my forte, oh, yeah. and so it catches everything, and that makes me very happy. Right, the spell check. The spell check, yes. <laughs> uh, just the ability, and I, and I'm a chronic editor. Yeah. You know, I even go back if I read my a Facebook post that I was like, oh shit, I, how did I use the wrong there? I wasn't thinking, or I, you know, I don't like the way it's worded. Yeah. I'll go back and correct it. Oh sure, yeah. Just for posterity, I don't like to have to go back and see that that was wrong. Well, that's part of this this absurd project that I've been doing the last couple of weeks is going through these new newsletters, and I'm I'm totally editing them as I go because I see something I'm like oh shit I fucked that up, so I gotta go back. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, if you have an archive of seven plus years. You change the way you do things. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, yeah, I'm, I used to sign off with my name like early last first couple of years, and I eliminated all of them because I'm putting them up to this new thing. I want them to have some kind of uniform mm-hmm. look to it, you know. Yeah, if you make a mistake, unless it unless it works towards the better, yeah, just fix it. Anyway. Plus, there's all these there's dead links all over the place to yeah. events that you know you can't track. So I clicked on a lot of the links just to see if they still existed. Uh-huh. And if they existed, I left them. But if they didn't, I That's got rid of them. a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. But this, yeah, my problem is, yeah, I get tunnel vision and I have to, like, I couldn't do anything until I finish this. Yeah, so and computers are look, good for that, for being able just to yeah. rearrange things, cut and paste things, and I can put it down here, and then yeah. I can rewrite it and think, do I like part of this, and then move it around. So it's just really great for editing. It is, yeah. yeah. No, they're... I'm not arguing against the technology. I just don't like how people just give into it and just let it ruin. No, it's like, it's. I, I, I truly think it's sort of uh, shifted our, our our brain chemistry a little bit. You know mm-hmm. how much time people seem to be just on it like that. You know. It's, yeah, and yeah, especially yeah, the stuff like the social media is just really, really, I think, psychologically damaging. Yeah. 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 Or, yeah. Even people have great success on it. I talked to a guy, I went to school with a guy who now has, he has over a million Twitter followers. And he has come to the point of recognizing that it's like damaged him, you know, because because then you keep chasing it. You can't stop chasing. You can't ch- stay chasing it. And the if likes you make and one all. misstep, it can, you, you yeah. know. Yeah, you can, you can end your life on there, you know. Rightly or wrongly, yeah. 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 It, it can yeah. be over as quickly, yeah. you know, like, poof, you're gone. Yeah. I don't know. So, so what, so was writing always, always a, your thing? Was it like the first thing or from childhood? No, not, not in childhood. I mean, I remember 
being like in second, third grade and going to the school library and always going to like the, the, the books that I thought were like the serious books for the older kids, you know, and, <laughs> and, and checking out as many as I could, like, and not, not really reading any of them, just because I just, that looks like it's cool, and, and then, you know, not being really able to get through So then you could just, like, walk around with them? Yeah, right? I could just walk around with them and look Right, like which is like, what, that's what we do with social media now. <laughs> that's, what, yeah. that's exactly it, like, like, people with their Zoom bookshelf background or whatever like to show people how smart you are yeah, yeah. so third grade I was already feeling insecure enough that I needed to carry around a book of seventh grade poetry yeah that's awesome <laughs> but um so you know I don't I don't think it was really something I thought much about until I went until I came here to Chicago and I went to school at uh, Columbia College which was the mm-hmm. first place I went to school yes and that was like 80. I think oh, okay. and uh, I and the creative writing program there was really great uh, mm. Lydia Tomkey was there at the time and, and it was just a, a, a really good program and so I was in some creative writing classes and I I just loved it I had a little studio apartment on, uh, on Lunt and Rogers Park and mm. uh, uh, rural hellhole right on the train tracks and and I just I it didn't have any furniture except for a weightlifting bench Mm. that I used as a, a bench because I, I, didn't, I didn't lift weights. I had no weights. It was just like something I found in the alley. Yeah. And uh, a mattress in the closet and a table that had my uh, IBM Selectric and I just could sit there and uh, write forever, like staring at the trains and write, 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 write. And I really fell in love with it. And, uh, and, then, you know, and then I wrote a, a lot and then it sort of fell off for a long time. And, I went back to school many years later, and I had to do, you know, like academic writing, and, and I found that I liked that too. Uh, and then, and I've tried to stay with it. It falls away sometimes, but um, whenever, whenever it finds me again, it's always a real. It's, it's always like this real automatic thing, like a magnet, and it just seems mm-hmm. like it's the right thing to be doing. Yeah, I mean, I wrote nothing but homework assignments or. Sh- shit I had to until I was 30 you know <laughs> never taken a writing class yeah. you know and then now I end up writing all the time <laughs> yeah I can do the time I can I just I sit a lot at the counter in the kitchen here and and uh, which is a not comfortable chair you yeah. know it's just a, a hard metal stool yeah. and uh, I without a back or anything and yeah. and I can just sit there in my pajamas in the morning with my coffee and before I know it it's dark and I'm still sitting there in my yeah. pajamas just tightening out switch to a glass of water right yeah. now, and I'm just typing 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 yeah. typing and it and I feel like I feel really good you know I feel, yeah. I feel really good at the end of that so did the so when did the music start was the music a, a really early thing was that like a well I I played instruments as a kid I, uh, like that your parents wanted you to play or no, no God, they didn't no. care I, <laughs> so my my, uh, my first instrument was the clarinet but and that was maybe in fourth fifth grade something like that and uh, we got to pick what instrument we wanted to play and I picked the right. trombone and I brought the trombone home <laughs> and my father, my father made some sort of really boneheaded comment. Uh, uh, 
uh, about it not being like a like, girls don't play trombone uh. kind of thing, you know. And you know, you should you should go get something else. This is mm. not really an instrument that's yeah. for girls. So I took it back, and all the flutes were gone because the girls took all the how flutes. Did, how did you react? Was that upsetting, or was it, or is that like typical? Of, that's what you well, would expect it, <laughs> from him. I think I think it must have been somewhat upsetting, or else it wouldn't be such a memory in my head. Yeah. You know, well, that's a, yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. It wasn't really like I had some sort of dream to play the trombone or anything. I I, I was somebody who was always sort of chose the thing that put me on the outside mm. and so I chose it because none of the girls were choosing trombone yeah. and that sort of thing so so I ended up with the clarinet which was sort of middle ground yeah <laughs> and because uh, all the flutes were gone and so I played clarinet and uh, and then I was good enough in school that uh, they they asked my parents if I could have you know private lessons too so I did mm. that and so I played clarinet until I don't know eighth grade or so but I also, during that time, I really wanted to play piano, mm. and uh, um, we didn't have a piano, mm. and so I would play, our neighbors across the street mm. had a piano, and then I started taking lessons from Mrs. Tompert, who lived uh, down the road from us, mm. and my parents still refused to buy a piano, but they, um, they rented one. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, wow. So they rented a piano. And I and I played piano for for some years, um, and I enjoyed it. But I was I don't know. She what? This makes no sense now. But Mrs. Tumpert was really trying hard to sort of uh, have me play like current things, like Bohemian Rhapsody or something. Oh, really? And I just wanted to. I just imagined myself as some sort of like playing Bach or something. So, right. So we were always struggling with stuff like that. Usually it's the other way around, yeah, I isn't know, it? I know. Yeah. Well, see, I'm always just trying to. Uh, <laughs> you have a story of, like the contrary. kid trying to make make their teacher teach them Stairway to Heaven or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then I don't know. I and then I fell off for a little while in high school, and by the end of high school, I'd uh, fallen in with uh, this group of. Uh, older uh, kids. Well, they weren't kids at that point. They were like they went. They were in art school, and mm-hmm. uh, they were the punk rock house. This house called Ten Sixty Nine, which was notorious in Louisville at the time. Yeah. And, um, and I uh, just sort of fell in over there, and um, it was that time, nineteen eighty-one, I think, eighty mm. eighty-one, and you could just play something. So I was in a first in a band where I got to play the woodblock. That was really exciting, and then <laughs> they allowed me to play the hi hat, but not the rest of the drums. Oh! And then I got kicked out of that band. <laughs> for what did you do? <laughs> I think I failed to show up for practice uh. on time or something. I don't know. I, I, probably they, probably that was just the the, the reason they gave. You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> and then uh, uh, Terry Key and Tim Harris, you know, mm. from Antietam. Mm-hmm. Their band, Revlin Dance Band, had uh, uh, were no longer, and they were starting a new band. And um, I said, "Well, maybe I can play the drums." And I had yeah. never played the drums before, right. and sat down and played the drums. And then I was a drummer. It's funny. She sent me. Tara sent me some recordings of those uh, uh, songs we made yeah. in the studio. And I was like, 
damn, I was pretty good. We just sit down like those, yeah. those, those recordings were made like three months after I started playing drums. And That's cool. I swear it's not that different than how I play yeah. now, which is a sad state <laughs> no, of affairs. No, no progress. <laughs> no progress hasn't been made at all. But it, it, yeah, <laughs> I had a pretty good sense yeah. of, of transitions and just, uh, yeah, films so and stuff. It was fun. What was that called? Did that have a name? That, that band, was or? called the Zoo Directors. The Zoo Directors? Yes. It was, it was named after my father's profession. Oh, that's what your father did? Oh, wow. <laughs> and my grandfather, my great-grandfather. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And how long did that last, the, the Zidra? Uh, maybe the a year. And then I met Rick. Uh, he came down to visit a friend. And mm-hmm. um, uh, his friend lived in this house that we all congregated at. I mm. was in the rehearsal room and came out, and Rick was sitting on the couch. And I thought, oh, he's cute. <laughs> and uh, I hadn't really had any boyfriends or anything uh, prior to this. How old were you at this point? Like 18 or 17? 17, 18, something. Yeah. But still in high school? No, no I, no, got, out, out, I got, got out of high school early. Oh, you got out early, okay. Um, well, it, I, I, well, in theory I got out early. I, had, uh, <laughs> I was supposed to get out, I was supposed to graduate in 82, and I graduated yeah. in 81. But it turned out, and then I moved out of the house also at the same time. I mm. moved. In, I rented this big house, and then these other, you know, crazy uh, uh, folks, uh, folks moved into, and so we had this house. And then it turned out that I had failed um, uh, a, a paper I turned in on pop art. I failed. I remember. Mm. Um, it was too derivative. I think at the time I can't remember what, what exactly it was. I think I remember those words. That, too derivative. That, that, that's like a punchline of a joke. Uh, <laughs> It's pop like, art like, tutoring. Pop art tutoring. Exactly. Like, isn't that the whole point? <laughs> yeah. I wish I could have known to you know, say that yeah. I could have gotten out of yeah, it. Yeah, you need to so, be able to make that kind of connection. So I had yeah. to take... Um, totally forgot uh, about my coffee. I actually took correspondence course, which I don't know if you can still do that, but mm. they mailed me stuff and then I, I finished it. Oh, to get, your, yeah. to get your yeah. diploma. So I wasn't in school at that time. Mm. And then I met Rick uh, and he came down a couple times after that and then um i just i needed to get out a little i just yeah. you know and so i came here was he already living in chicago by then or? yeah yeah because yeah. yeah i did one of these with him and but like i'm so bad at time like i forget oh, the I'm year like terrible. the time terrible with years that's why i said if matt if matt comes over yeah He'll, he'll start correcting me because he'll say, no, no, no. Because he had the time in Florida, but that was before, and then he was on the East Coast and he yeah. went with his job yeah. Nielsen's, yeah. and yeah. yeah, that was before Chicago for, yes, for him. Definitely. But he was... I think he was in Florida and then came back and worked for, uh, and worked here with AC Nielsen uh, yeah. in Chicago. Right. So then he kept coming to visit you, uh, or... I, to hang out. I don't know. Maybe to visit his friends. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. yeah. So then, uh, so so were there other bands after the zoo or in the zoo directors were still going or? Mm, the zoo no. directors were it, and then uh, I don't know if, was, if the zoo directors broke up because I came to Chicago. I have a hard time remembering if. I think I came to Chicago before Tim and Terry went to New York, but I could be wrong. Mm. Um, but uh, we all just left, and I came here, and then Rick and I just started playing together. Mm-hmm. And I was—I know I was 18 then. Yeah. Um, we started playing music together. So, 11 Dream Day was was that band at that point. 
And Freakwater, I was playing with Catherine. It wasn't called Freakwater, but I was playing with Catherine. I was about to ask, I, I could never figure out which, which came first. or Were they about the same time? I can't either, really. Yeah. I mean, we had, Catherine and I had done a few open mic, there was this great club in Louisville uh, called uh, the, the Beat Club, and it was, during the day, it was like a lingerie bar for men. Mm. And then in the night it was this music club, mm. and um, we spent many a night there. And there was a we had an open mic night, uh, country open mic night or something. Mm. And um, Catherine and I uh, borrowed some of her mom's nineteen seventies long sort of dresses. Mm. We sang uh, Pistol Pack and Mama. You know, we did, we sang some songs and. And had a, a lap steel player with us, I think, and maybe a bass player, I don't know. But we did some of that, and that was kind of fun. And then we would just sing together in her apartment mm-hmm. a lot. She was, uh, she, uh, she had a lot of Clancy Brothers records. I think, you know, that sort of history came from her father, who was from Ireland. Uh, and okay. so we, we would sing to, you know, Clancy Brothers songs and stuff, and then we just kept on singing. And then I think we, I moved to Chicago and then I went back home and we made our first recording on one of those uh, Fostex machines. Mm. And uh, where you could make things go backwards too, you know? Mm. And, and so we had some of that going yeah. on because that, that seemed uh, very exciting. Um, so those were the first recordings. And we called those, we, we were in my parents' basement, which was very much like an old cellar basement. It was a big old house, but it had just like a scary basement with a lot of coal room and all these rooms. Yeah. And they had a, 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 a ham that was just hanging there, you know, like a cured ham, dried oh. ham, just hanging there uh, and uh, while we were playing. So we called it the swinging ham sessions, I think. <laughs> and, and so that was that. And then I don't think we'd recorded anything. I don't, know, I don't think Dream Day had recorded anything at that point yet. Yeah. Uh, but our record came out after uh, the first um, Dream Day record. Oh, okay. The Freak Water one came yeah. after. Same label. It was a friend of uh, Rick's from college. Uh, it was called Amoeba Records. Right. And uh, um, I, yeah, I have the that Dream record. Day record came out first, <laughs> and then the Freak Water record. The Dream Day record with the with the horse on the yeah the, uh, yeah with the, with the yeah. sculpt the, yeah. yeah that oh I forget that artist what is who's that artist. That, that did that. Uh, I, look, I looked it up, but like who did that? I don't. That. I don't know. I did look. At, I remembered it at one point. Just maybe an, an Italian artist, but I might a be Spanish wrong. Spanish or maybe Italian. Spanish or, or Italian. Yeah. Some something with a vowel at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody with a vowel a, ending a, name. <laughs> there was a, a a pretty nice print of it. I found at the thrift store. Mm. That's what it was. I don't know where that went. Maybe Rick has it. Oh yeah, who the, knows? the original thing. Yeah. Hmm. So then, yeah, so you were living, so you'd moved to Chicago by then, and you'd just go back to Louisville to, mm-hmm. to play with Yeah, Catherine and then Catherine moved up here with us for a little bit, and we toured with Love and the Dream Day, Freakwater did, on the West Coast, and that was 86, I don't know, Rick, <laughs> maybe people could listen to Rick's podcast and mine, and, fig- and, and he's probably got the right ears. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 86, maybe. It was for the, uh, I think it was for the first EP that we were touring on the Dream Day EP. And so we, we played together. Yeah. Huh. 
and did did people people like like the same people would like both bands or was there any like difference between like an audience you know it's funny I don't have any recollection of the reception <laughs> so you were just busy playing yeah, just busy playing was it easy to, was it any kind of switching gears for you to go from the one band to the other <laughs> uh, that would be cool I'd love to see that show but <laughs> At that time, I don't think so. And later on, I remember doing a when it got like a little more serious, and we were touring in Europe, and um, we did a tour with both bands again. Oh. And going back and forth was kind of exhausting. Not not it wasn't the actual going back and forth. It's getting there and then uh, sound checking for 11th Dream Day, mm-hmm. then sound checking for Free Quarter, then playing Free Quarter. Then yeah. So it was like I was just there forever having to do yeah. all that. Yeah, so yeah. it was a long haul. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was tough. I mean, the one thing I remember from now that I'm thinking about the, the talk with Rick, that bizarre thing that I had never heard of was that like when Dream Day was on the major label and then you couldn't sell the record at the show. Yeah, what yeah. A fu- what a fucked up... Yeah. Like, like they were trying to make you fail. Like, you know, <laughs> that you couldn't have like a merch table with your records that, were, that people wanted. Right. And you couldn't I, have I don't them know. I, I don't know if, the, if it was that they didn't trust us, if they thought that... Um, if they just didn't have the system to do that, you know, the system... I didn't realize the system was that, that recent, that, like, bands would have... It's such a commonplace now, yeah. that, you know, yeah. any show Whether you can buy on, the I, merchandise. I don't I don't know too many bands on major levels to know if they still do that or not. They bring merchandise. Other, like, records. I know that people tour... They have all, all the, yeah, the t-shirts and all the yeah. stuff, yeah. We could sell t-shirts. Obviously. Yeah, but you couldn't sell... The records. Right, right. It didn't make any sense. Yep. Especially because the Atlantic seemed to um, be unable to get the records into the stores where we were playing. Right, so they were so not. It was, yeah. it it was, was not possible little, to get yeah. them anywhere. <laughs> did did Freakwater ever sign to a major label? Was no, it was we never were, on a major label, right? We were uh, courted by uh, a vanity label of uh, uh, Steve Earle's putting together, mm. and that was sort of a, a major yeah. debacle. Oh really? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It was. Written, it was. We he he, <laughs> he on stage here in Chicago. He said Freakwater could kiss my ass. Really? <laughs> Something along those lines. Yes. I was, oh, I was told that. Oh, it was like a person. It was a personal. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Great. Yeah, but it's like. Not a pleasant person. I think you know <laughs> it, was, it was a hard thing, and um, I'm really glad we didn't do it because that yeah. label kind of imploded at some point. But we went. He he had us. Uh, he was chatting us up, and everything seemed really mm-hmm. great. And then he had us come to New York, where he uh, sat in first class, and we sat in coach. <laughs> nice. But he did rent us a Lexus once to drive to a show in Nashville. Oh, okay. Nashville, there was that, and he was nice in in, in, in some ways, but. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm, he's a really I'm sure he's a really lovely man. I, I I've only seen him a couple times at festivals since. But, um, so we we're in New York and uh, he, they're talking to us in the office about it and it's clear they want us to get rid of our band. They just they want they didn't want Dave. They didn't want uh. at the time it was Bob Egan had just joined and um, he's was telling us all these amazing players that they could get to, to work with us instead. And uh-huh. that's what it would be. And uh, that was just so alien to me. And mm. I felt, you know, I 
I had this strong loyalty to the people that we played with. I was like, I can't yeah. do that. And, and uh, so we continued talking, and then they sent the contract, and we had people looking it over, and um, the the for what they wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to we had to agree to do songs of his choosing. Also, we, we oh, on a record or something. We, that was one of the things. There's a couple really weird <laughs> things, and and uh, um, I and then it just sort of all fell apart. And Peter Margusek, I think at the time there had been a uh, a similar situation with. Um, uh, uh, um, is this around like around the same time as the Dream Day was on a major label or later? I think we were on a major. No, yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't Late remember. 80s, early 90s? I like, can't remember. <laughs> I think this is also around the time that there were some other ends in Chicago that it, it had um, possible deals like in the works and they sort of fell apart. So like the the kind of Nirvana time when, when they were signing like this, every, No, every this day. was after that. After the Nirvana time? This was after that. Okay, this so then we're talking the 90s then. Yeah, it because... It was the 90s. It was after our... Maybe it was after... Feels like the third time. Mm. Maybe. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just trying to vaguely put it like where... I, well, of course it makes sense and I... Trace some kind of timeline, but yeah. Um... So, uh, Peter Martinsack wanted to do an article and the reader about why these deals can go, well, what could happen. And mm-hmm. I and uh, yeah. I think um, there's something said in the article, a uh, quote by us, it said something about, we were, we were willing to wear wigs and do whatever they wanted, but they weren't paying us. And we'd sell our soul, but they didn't want to pay us enough for it or right. something, you know? And uh, that created this very large... Bruhaha on that uh, uh, P2 site that was like happening at the time. That was like one of these early kind of Americana chat rooms before you know before there was social media stuff. There was these chat rooms, mm-hmm. and uh, um, it was our name all of a sudden was uh, you, like, foreboding to say. So people would type. Oh, <laughs> there were a couple no. things that were typed out that used like asterisks and everything, you know, to, to spell out the name, except for, you know, like. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> and like you're a swear word? Kind yeah, of? Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, like we, you know. Like, we, af- what are asterisk, whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and, and there was some <laughs> information. I don't know how I got out there because it was totally false information about how we wanted, like, our separate touring vehicles you know like just crazy things that we had requested which Mm. were were incorrect yeah um and and uh so he played chicago very shortly after that Uh article came out in the reader Mm. and he was very upset and that's why he said that oh i see (laughs) <laughs> but it's all water under the bridge. It's all good. So that, that worked was, out for the best. Yeah, that was, was the end of the, sure the Freakwater major yeah. label dream. Yeah, was, I'm sure was he wouldn't have been. Ha- ha- we would have made his life a nightmare, and you know, it would have not been good. It's time. weird when, like, when somebody like that, or like that's a musician or whatever, then wants to get into this other like impresario kind of yeah. producer. Yeah, like that often yeah. seems like it's not a good fit. Yeah, a ma- you know, you, uh, something that's sort of considered like a renegade, a maverick, or something, and then they yeah. want to control the, uh, you know. The, yeah, they're like you got to know what your what your strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah. 
<laughs> He's done a lot of good work. I, you know, I, don't. I yeah, I, I was at a dinner once at a steakhouse, a couple of seats down from him. It, it was weird. <laughs> it was one of the times when he was like married to one of these like you know women that are like half his age and stuff. Yeah. You know, he's been married like seventy three yeah, times. Yeah. You know. He's been there a lot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't. But know. I just, I'm not. I'm. I. I don't want to get out there and I'm saying anything bad about Steve Earls. <laughs> yeah, he's nice. Stop he's, talking he's about gonna, that. He's going to talk shit on, on stage. <laughs> this this is the advantage of doing like you know a, a recording or a talk like this is like like five people will listen to it like the people that are related to it and yeah. nobody cares and it's not going to be. <laughs> I'm not going to tweet about it because I have no Twitter, you know, so I, it totally depends on the people that I'm talking with. Yeah. If they want to share it, that's fine. I'm so, so over any sort of like whatever, whatever they, they expect of success or mm -hmm. notoriety just like interests me not at all. I'm interested in recording conversations with people yeah. whose work I respect. Well, that's that's what this show is about. That's and it'll remain. And then it'll always satisfy you. And it'll remain, you know, as an archive in the cloud somewhere, and somebody can track it down. Maybe sure. like, you know, they they can type in your name, and somewhere on the seventy fifth page, this will come up. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I'm at a dead link. <laughs> yeah, where where I'm at. Well, I'm real. Yeah, I'm hoping like this is the last place, like this is the final resting place. Yeah, like I've yeah I've moved this this podcast thing three times too. Oh, well, because I mean it's sort of research too. I'm blundering through. I'm not a tech expert, but like you know I sign up for these services and then I find out they're shitty, you know, and then I don't like it, and then but I've already done all this work so then I have to do it over again because I'm not smart I don't know how to think ahead that much yeah. you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah definitely I would be the same yeah I, I, I learned by failing you know like over and over and over <laughs> again like I have to do it the hard way it's the only way I know <laughs> well you get the full scope that way <laughs> yeah but it's also I mean there is a value to it like this kind of kind of mindless kind of re-editing and stuff it, it kind of it's like a reset you know you you have to, you're stuck doing this busy work for x amount of hours yeah. and it's not creative at all but like in that time once you're done with it suddenly like you've got a clean room yeah you know? <laughs> yeah yeah i can imagine that's a real relief it was it it, it happened the, this iteration of it happened like at like 2 a.m saturday morning or something i was finally done re-uploading all the newsletters it's like I'm finally I can now now I can finally write the one for month that has to go out Monday because I, I'm done with this yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Rick mentioned something like that when we were putting out the last record he's like I can't I can't start working on the next record until the yeah. one is out you know I just have to get that out so I understand that yeah I don't know yeah can you can you balance lots of different projects I, I can do it in a certain way but not in others I don't know yeah, I've been able to. I don't. I don't have so many to balance that much anymore. But uh, yeah, you know, maybe maybe coming from it from also being a mother and having to balance all kinds of things with the yeah. child. You know, you're able to have your attention and you know all over the place at one time. And so yeah, I can do that. But yeah, I, I can see with like with Rick with 
he's got like a set of songs that are meant for this and mm-hmm. he can't he has to be done with yeah. them before yep. if that's his primary mm-hmm. his, his one thing mm-hmm. uh, so so what's so what are, what are like the exciting things now are there <laughs> what what are the projects <laughs> musical projects any um, kind of project I'm doing this thing with um, Michael Zerang, and mm. that's kind of fun. It's this bell project that he's put together, and it's not really bells. I think the the story, as I remember him telling it, is um, he was given this artifact from the Velvet Lounge, and it was mm. um, sort of the um, the cup that fits on the ceiling that a cord would hang out of to, uh, to hang a light. Oh, you know, yeah. It's okay. a little dome thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we got it, and it started pandemic, and he was kind of playing around with it, and he really enjoyed the sound of it. So then he actually went and found um, a fabricator uh, of lamp fixtures mm-hmm. and had them made, but these that he had made um, were had a phalanger on the side. So he made a bunch of them, and um, we are... Uh, uh, it's a little, it's a little uh, quartet of... Uh, Folks playing uh, playing these bells. This uh, yeah, sitting. Where is my bell? Oh, maybe it's still in my bag. I need to practice. <laughs> I have to practice my bell. <laughs> and how long of a piece of is it? Like one piece of music, one long uh, piece. The first one we did, we did a performance on the um, on the beach up in Rogers Park for the. Uh, I can't remember the name of the. Um, art gallery up there, but it's art gallery that mm. has this annual um, uh, solstice mm. thing on the beach, I believe, and um, it was, it's sort of, it's, it's kind of meditative um, act, you know, we're all, and that one, we, uh, uh, it was one piece, and we the piece of it was just these sort of consecutive builds all the way up and then these builds and these uh, uh, unbuilding uh, consecutive unbuilding all the way down and uh, that was it and it was like maybe six minutes long mm. and I think we're doing one at uh, uh, Constellation for the winter solstice thing that um, Hummy Drake and um, Michael's oh, cool. running always does and uh, uh, that is, he's doing a solo bit on the bells, and then we're joining him for a, a, a piece that he's uh, composed, and um, uh, it's probably about the same amount of time. Mm. Yeah. And the, the, are they, the other people playing, are they all people you've done stuff with before? Or? No, but I know Tyler Damon and... Um, I know Tyler. Kyoto, I think is her name. I, I'm sorry, we've only worked, only worked with her once. She she's a taiko drummer and oh, okay. really lovely, but I don't know her last name, Kyoto. And uh, uh, yes, so yes. <laughs> yeah, I've 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 actually been spending time or communicating with uh, Mike Reed from Constellation mm-hmm. Hungry Brain a lot lately because. He went. He bought some art for me, and then he asked me. I designed a T-shirt for oh, Constellation. Fantastic! It should be coming out. I don't know for holidays. I guess. Yeah, great. So yeah, he got all excited. Cool. Of, of, like he bought some art to hang at the Hungry Brain, which is cool. Nice. Yeah. That's great. That's been fun. Those yeah. are cool places. They are. They it's are. great that they still exist. I mean, I I remember mm-hmm. the Hungry Brain from way back, but. Mm-hmm. 
and then Constellation as the viaduct before. Yeah. 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 It's mostly a. Yeah. I remember as a theater space, but. Yeah. 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 But another, another project is um, uh, one that I've uh, made a record with uh, Robert Lloyd, who. Um, Robert is this remarkable character uh, that uh, is from sort of the early punk rock scene in Birmingham. The, and, the uh, Nightingales guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we made a record together in oh, wow. um, Valencia, Spain uh, last oh, cool. February. And uh, uh, it's being mixed now in a very, very snail's pace. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's getting there, and so it'll come out next year, I believe, in 2023. So that was real fun. That was great. That was a really cool show at the Beat Kitchen where yeah. Horses How oh, yeah, for yeah, the yeah. Nightingales. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I have sketches of both of those. <laughs> yeah, they've got a new record. It's so great. Yeah. He's just, uh, it's, their drummer, uh, Fliss, she is so creative. I just love yeah. her playing, and, and uh, the whole band is super creative and interesting. It's a great band. That's cool. That's yeah, fun. it's fun. Oh. I'll be interested it's really fun. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard to really place what it sounds like. He, he it's kind of a funny story. He uh, he was a really big Freakwater fan, mm. and uh, uh, one we met him because we'd been Freakwater was in London doing an interview at at, at BBC, and uh, um, he came to the interview and was hanging around outside when we left, <laughs> and. Uh, or when we got there, I can't remember, but he uh, he said, can we, I'm blah, 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 I yeah. seem really, you know, excitable, <laughs> but also, like, kind of interesting, and, and I didn't really know any yeah. of his bands or anything at that point, yeah. and he said, can, you know, could we go for a pint with him, and we're like, yeah, sure, so yeah. we did, and we talked, and, and then he, over the years, he started sending us records, and he had asked, you know, if we would cover some of his songs, and we had really had a hard time figuring out, like, what that would be we couldn't yeah. really figure it out and and then um but whenever we go back to play he would show up but inevitably it's happened a few times he would after the end of the show he would come up and he would be really well a, a little bit in his cups but also yeah. really happy and uh, uh <laughs> he would proceed to tell me just how well how great it was but also uh, more importantly, how great Catherine was, but he would never say like, he would just tell me all about how awesome Catherine was and how was that playing with somebody so awesome <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's a, it's a reasonable question but it's, it's kind of it's kind of, you know, like you just played a show and you're yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's great she is really, she's so talented, isn't she? <laughs> and so it happened like three times and I just found it to be really funny at some point and uh and then I was sitting in that chair, and it was about mm-hmm. shortly before the pandemic, and I get a call from Robert Lloyd, and no, a text from Robert Lloyd, excuse me, and uh, he said, um, I'm sitting here on the beach in Goa, and I think it would be fabulous if we made a record together. Uh-huh. Would you be interested? And I, and I wrote him back, because I was sure he, he got the numbers Wrong. Oh, you so, thought yeah. he was trying to get to yeah. Catherine. Yeah, and I, I wrote him back and I said, I think you Catherine. mean Catherine. Uh-huh. This is the Janet one. Yeah. This is the other one. The Janet one. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Janet one. And he wrote me back and he goes, no, I mean you. And I, 
wow, okay, that's really, that's funny. That's really funny. And so um, we started talking about it and, and I said, sure, if we can, you know, if we can record a record in Goa, I'll do it anytime. You know? Where's Goa? In India. India, okay. okay. Yeah, it's like this, I think it's like on the sea, it's a coastal oh. place oh, in okay. India. And, uh, um, and then uh, he works with uh, John Henderson, who used to be someone about Chicago on the music scene and still mm-hmm. puts out records, but lives in Valencia, Spain. And so mm-hmm. said, let's do it in Spain. That sounds awesome. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Uh, and this idea of it just um, was there. Like we kept on sort of chatting about it, mm-hmm. but never really working towards making it happen or learning songs or figuring out songs, yes. you know, to do. And his idea was I want to, he said, I want you to sing a couple of these songs of mine. Uh-huh. And I want to sing some songs of yours. Yeah. And then. Um, uh, then we sing some things, everything we sang together, but, and then we can do some, we can pick some covers and then we can have other people write songs. So John Langford wrote a song, Jim Elkington wrote a song, cool. uh, Pete Birchmore uh, from the Misfits wrote a song, uh, and uh, it was a great band, it was really crazy. It was um, Mark Bedford from Madness was the bass player. And Pete Birchmore is a great uh, guitar player uh, who's in the Misfits and uh, in um, uh, England, and um, and uh, and Robert and myself and this a drummer from Valencia. Is, is that will that be under just your names or? Yeah, I think it is called. Uh, I think it's called Lloyd Bean. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we tried to figure out a name, and, and, yeah. he, and he was like, Bean Lloyd? I said, no, Lloyd Bean sounds like Lord Bean, so yeah. I like that. Yeah. So yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I suck it, but I sound like I'm the title. That's funny. So, yeah. And did you ever discuss with him that this whole thing of him praising Catherine? <laughs> I think I did, and he, 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 he seemed to, like... Uh, I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> there's a there's a documentary about the Nightingales. Yeah, that, about Robert. About Robert. Yeah, and it's still for some reason not available in America. I've, King Rocker. It's really. Is great. it good? Oh, so. Yeah, good. I really want. Like, if you talk to him, ask him why people in America can't watch well, I'm that. I'm sure movie. they're trying to figure out yeah. the uh, uh, yeah. licensing for distribution yeah. of it or something. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, I've seen like articles about it for like a couple of years yeah. now, and. It's highly entertaining. I didn't, yeah. you know, it really totally pulled my eyes about Robert because I didn't really still know that much about him other than oh, the yeah. Nightingales and all these yeah. records he'd sent us and stuff. And and uh, then uh, learning his backstory was fascinating because it's really quite fascinating. No, I, I didn't know anything about him until they played that gig with, with you at Beat Kitchen. Yeah. I'd never heard of him. Yeah, He's a real Renaissance man. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And is there is there anything going on with like freak water or is there any No. No. No, no freak water news. No. No. I don't know, you know. Yeah. Uh I, I you know, there's a possibility both freak water and love and dream day have run their course. I don't know. Oh yeah? Yeah, it's possible. Huh. It's hard to say. Right. I don't know. You know, Rick may change his mind, but I think he sort of maybe felt that you know that that record was a good one to go out on as far mm. as recording. Yeah, maybe we play some shows if they were like exciting different shows to play. Um, and Freakwater, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I well, Catherine and I haven't really we text, but we really haven't spoken in a while. Yeah. yeah. Is she she still live, she lives in Kentucky? Or? Louisville. Yeah. yeah. 
Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, with the internet and stuff, like the the things that get resurrected in all, in the different ways they do. Yeah. Like these bands, like these phantom bands from the past that suddenly are playing, but like, what are they exactly? Mm. Who knows? And you for mean, like, what, what what genre? What do you like, mean? No, no, just like one. Bands that have not been together for 20, 30 years are suddenly playing shows. Oh, yeah, know, that. Yeah. I have a friend that calls them zombie bands. Or <laughs> well, you know, the Pavement, Pavement just, you know, did the reunion tour. Yeah, they're uh, playing the Chicago Theater. Like, yeah. Like, and, and, bigger uh, than ever. Big show, bigger than ever, and, and from all reports, the shows are amazing. I bet they're playing better now than they used, because I saw Pavement back then, and they didn't care. <laughs> Like right, their shtick right. was, was they didn't give a shit, shit. Uh, right. and it was not like I didn't enjoy that. I don't yeah. know. Like I remember liking one of their early records, and I saw them. I saw them on a triple bill with Dirty Three and Come, uh-huh. and those two other bands blew them out of the water. Yeah. I mean, they were because they were not ironic. They right. cared. You could tell right. like they were playing f- for keeps. And Pavement just came up, and it was like this. Like kind of slacker shtick. Right. The thing is, like, yeah, you find out later, and you hear those Steve Malkmus and the Jicks. Like that guy's just like a guitar monster. Like he's so good at playing guitar, but pavement, like he's intentionally like holding back, you know, and fucking around kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure they're like ten times better now, like as far as playing. But yeah, I'm always very conflicted about those things. Mm -hmm. Like you know. I mean, the, the the one example I always bring up is, is the Pixies, but, like, the Pixies, like, reun- like touring around, like, it's it's not, I don't know. I didn't even know they were, I don't know. Oh, yeah, but, like, and they put in, I'm sure they make way more money than they ever used to in the olden days, you know, but. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't want to go see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It's a weird thing, and it's part, like. It's the internet making you know any any notion of time go away you know like everything is all from the flattened the same place you know which is the yeah. internet <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't know um, I think maybe in a way that's why you know thinking about that Green Day's had its had a really successful satisfying run yeah and uh you know, there are, there are, the, the stages are, should be left open for some younger people coming along and, and making yeah. some music. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're, yeah, you're doing these, these other things, so you're, you're definitely still playing music. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. peripherally. Yeah. 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 You know, in, in uh, some ways, I... I think I've always had a really ambivalent relationship to music, which is kind of funny. Oh, really? Yeah. How come? Would you say like what's what's the ambivalence? I don't know. I think I've I've I've, I've spent a lot of time in therapy trying to figure that out. I think you know. Oh. Um, I think I started when I was young. I played instruments and and I and I had a uh, an ability to pick them up pretty quickly, and so it made sense. But yeah. Uh, I think when I when I started playing in a band. Uh, when I was very young, it was not so much that I just was a huge music fan mm. and wanted to play music. It was yeah. really more that I think I was just looking for a community, like mm. a family community. And uh, oh, a music gave me that yeah. for a very, very long time. Right. And now I think that I, 
it's not so much of a requirement for me anymore to I have a pretty solid family. Right, you you don't have yeah. that need yeah. anymore. Yeah, maybe, maybe I, so. I don't know. I so, so I was never really. A, I listened to a lot of records. I love music. I, I you know I, I know more about music than your average person. Yeah, <laughs> um, but um, by no means am I the one that says, "Oh yeah, I know that." that guitar played well a lot of this you know or that record I mean and and start being a drummer a, a woman drummer in, in a, a world at that time that was just really 99% men mm -hmm. it was sort of like that was always the thing with guys they wanted to always sort of kind of one-up each other on what they knew about a like yeah. the minutiae of a particular record, like what instrument was played, blah, blah, blah. They want to do the whole guitar center kind of thing. <laughs> like, or yeah, well, you know, it was just part of it. And I, and I respect that because each player on that record should be recognized, but I, that was just never the thing. It was just listening to the song. I loved it. Didn't even sometimes know what, what the band was. I was just like, I right. like that song. Um, so I don't know. I, and then playing, I was... Uh, uh, it's sort of just like it snowballed and became my life in some way. It was mm. not. It was unintentional, really. Yeah. W when do you feel like it stopped being like your life, like, or like? I, it still is. It my still life. is, but like, it still is. You know, a large part of my identity in my life. Yeah. But I, 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 probably during the pandemic, like, it was the first time that maybe these large. It was, it was the first time that there was. Not a show in the future. And you could step away and look at there it. There was not a yeah. show in the future. And so I'd always lived with this, uh, uh, this sense of anxi this anxiety mm. because of a show in the future. Oh, okay. You know, there was always a bit of that. Like, just um, always f feeling that it was... I, I, I wasn't going to do it well and I was going to fuck up or something, you know, mm. it was going to be a disaster, I wasn't oh. capable enough, you know, that sort of that sense of anxiety that you had, and Catherine and I would always joke about, uh, well, let's just say yes and hope that we'll get hit by a bus before the date comes. <laughs> <laughs> That's, so this is part of this ambivalency you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think it's so then when that, when that anxiety went away, it was really just like, this is so calm, there's a calm, I think. That I hadn't really like you don't have to do it like you don't have to even worry about it anymore. Yeah, it didn't. There was thing. nothing in the future, and I didn't fall apart because of that. Mm. What was it? Yeah. You know, uh, I I still was I, I was fine, and life just kept going, and it was all right. So so like what what fills the, whatever the the space that that occupied? I mean like. It, it can't all be uh, puzzles. No, it can't <laughs> all be crossword puzzles, no. Although, um, I, yeah, I guess you can, you can, you can spend a few hours. But you'd be surprised how, how much time you can't fill up the crossword puzzle. Man, I got this uh, Willem de Kooning jigsaw puzzle, from, uh -huh. and it took so fucking long because, you know, it's all just shapes. Yeah. There's no objects in it. Yeah. It took, And I hadn't done a jigsaw puzzle in years. And, yeah, it took me, I think, a couple of weeks. I had just had it on a table, and I just kept... Like I would do it on breaks from whatever. Do puzzles, it's really way. hard. <laughs> my, my husband Mike loves them. Yeah. Um, a Paul, he had a, I gave him a Paul Clay one, mm -hmm. and that was not easy because it was just like a color, color field thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, really hard. I mean, it's but better. It's more challenging. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he he finished it. Yeah. Um, he will finish them. I I don't know. I I have a. a Maybe it's his uh, ability to uh, spatially understand things and he can mm. see where things belong. I don't know. 
I so on breaks from the puzzle, from the other, the crossword so, puzzles. <laughs> so what else do I do? I think you know a lot of yeah. my time, sort of. I, it took a while to sort of uh, uh, deprogram myself, you know. And then when I did uh, from the like the playing shows yeah, or recording just kind of cycle, of anxiety yeah. Of that. And then I and trying to figure out what to do. Then I just started writing more. Just yeah. Writing more. Right. And Where you said earlier, like sitting in the at the kitchen yeah. table, just yeah. like. And what are you writing? I mean, is it uh, like a... I was writing short stories. Um, right now I'm writing this uh, uh, essay uh, that's sort of about uh, a friendship I have with this uh, gentleman named Abdullah Kone, and we met about eight years ago. He lives in uh, Bamako, Mali, and he's mm-hmm. an Ngoni player and a, a griot, and it's sort of about that about the relationship how it sort of uh, lasted meeting each other once and, mm. and having sort of a a, a a very sort of special meeting and uh, how over eight years just through very broken communication because I don't speak French or Bambara mm. and uh, he doesn't he's learning English and, and so we work on that a little bit but just you met him in, in Mali that, or no, I no. met him here. He, oh, he played a played show a with us. Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was really sweet. We played a show with us. He's amazing. He was touring with City Tour at the time, and um, I was asked to take them to the airport the next day. Alyssa uh, 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 Baum asked me to take them to the airport, and, and uh, so I went and picked uh, Abulaya and City up and took the airport. And um, I didn't... It was kind of quiet, the car, and so I just... Where was that show? At the hideout. I think I, w- I, think I went to that uh, show. Uh, and that sounds uh, really familiar. Yeah, and uh, I sang, I sang, I think it was Knoxville Girl. I just started singing. And I thought, uh-huh. ah, maybe that will be something. And uh, I was, you know, uh, nodding his head, like, but I was yeah. really happy. And then when I finished, I, I pointed to him to do it, and then he sang a song. And so we mm. just went back and forth and sang all the way to the airport oh, cool. and that was the only communication <laughs> yeah. we had and uh, but it was really intense it was a super intense experience and, uh-huh. um, and then uh, shortly after that he contacted me on Facebook and asked if we could um, be friends and so that was it and it's you know there's been challenges to it because uh, you know he's he struggles financially and, and mm. uh, uh, the sort of collectivist nature of, of uh, the culture there, you know, mm-hmm. if he has money, it, he gives it to a lot of people, you know, and sure. so he's often, in, uh, he often needs to help other people uh, within his large extended family, and so mm-hmm. there's a request for money, and so having, it's sort, of, it's sort of about like, how do you reconcile a transactional relationship like that in a, in a friendship, and mm-hmm. also, um, Using that just to sort of discuss uh, what what a griot, or it's called a jelly and um, manding, uh, and what a griot is in the historical huh. nature of the griot, and, and sort of the similarities between the way that they've had to griots have had to pivot in order to earn a living, similar to the way musicians here have to pivot and figure out yeah. how to with changing industries and stuff. So that's what I'm writing right now. That's cool. And what what will where will that go? Or is that for? I don't know. Is that just for you, or is it for? Will you send it somewhere out into the world? Uh, 
Well, I, it's, it's kind of funny. It started, I uh, was thinking of t- getting a, a T-cell certificate, which is like an English as a second language oh. teaching certificate. And then I, I left um, college like at the very, very end of, of, of my senior year. Like I was just oh. about graduated mm. and I left. And I, and I found this thing on, at the Paul website for the T-cell certificate. Yeah. I called them up because that's where I'd gone to school. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I've got this tiny little bit left. Is there any yeah. way I could like sort of roll these things together and just oh. start this program? And uh, um, they, they, they said, oh, I'm so glad you called. We've been trying to find you for six years. The program that you were in is being dissolved and you need <laughs> one credit. Yeah. And if you don't get that one credit, you're going to have to start over and you have to earn 60 mm. credits. So, oh, geez. So the, the, the last thing I need to do for this one credit is, is write something. Mm. And so I'm, and, and I'm writing it. Uh, it's, it's this project where, you, where I had to write, write something that, with the intention of publishing it. So I, have to talk, I had to show them where I might publish it, how, uh, you know, what's, what's that, the likelihood that, of it, yeah. and, and then publish it. But I don't, I don't have any idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am going to I'm going to get the 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 credit first. Yeah. And then I want to send it to uh people that um uh I know that are, are involved with uh that community and, and have them read it and vouch for it and stuff, let me know that I've not uh, I'm not off the mark and then maybe yeah. I'll submit it to something. Cool. That's cool. Uh so and you said before you were, you were writing short stories as yeah, well. Yeah. Like, and I mean, are those like? How, how do you start those? I've never written a short story actually. <laughs> you know, writing prompts are really great. Yeah. A way to do yeah, it. I was taking. I took a um, a class uh, from this online thing called the Night Bar School, which is mm. out of uh, Chapel Hill, I think. Mm. And this woman that I had met uh, at um, Michelle Dub, she's a poet, and I met her at Pickathon in Oregon, and it turned out she was teaching the class. She she listed, she advertised the class on Facebook, I think. Mm. So I thought, oh, I'll take this writing course. And so it was great. You know, I think just being with others, and um, although it was really interesting because the other people in the class were much younger than mm. I was. And my, my whole sort of world of short stories, I think I fell in love with it uh, when I read Cathedral of Raymond Carver book when I, sure. you know, like yeah. right around the time that early, early on and so that was sort of very formative to me so it's sort of this realist thing and all the other sh- short stories were really about like um, uh, these sort of timeline screwed up things where like, you know peasant women are it's the future, but it's like peasant women living in the mountains with so some kind evil of sp- speculative sci-fi kind of <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, that's all it was. It was so fascinating. And I remember someone saying about uh, it was like it's so interesting, like the, uh, this old-fashioned way of yeah. writing. You know, like writing realism was oh, just yeah. so like a, a like a not like an odd way to write, and and that was really interesting. But I, I was writing for that class, and then Dan Stewart um, from Green on Red, mm. he's a writer. And uh, just released his third book, the Marlowe Billings trilogy, and uh, he was asked to uh, edit, uh, guest edit a magazine uh, that um, comes out of uh, Tucson, and he uh, 
Mugun is the name of it. And, no. Uh, I said I can't remember the name of it. Somewhere around here, I think it's I think it's Google. And um, and he asked if I would write something for it. Oh. And so then I I finished this story and submitted that, and then that got published in that. Um, oh, cool. Magazine. Yeah, yeah. So if you, I mean, do you see do you see yourself like putting them together and like putting a book out at some point, or does that interest you, or? Yeah, it does. It terrifies me. Oh yeah. But it interests me at the same time. What's What's the terror part? because <laughs> ah, it's just so singular. You know, you're in a band. Uh, if something goes wrong, you know, the blame is diffused. Ah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're writing it, and somebody says, "Well, that was just not worth my time." You know, that would. You know, I don't know if I have the. I. I, I, I haven't built up the skin, the tough skin to mm-hmm. handle that. So oh, to, to oh, to like take whatever like yeah. criticism or yeah. whatever negative yeah. reaction. Yeah, because yeah. it's just singularly about uh, me, I guess. Yeah, I'm always fascinated with like people in bands, how like that that sharing or collaborative thing that I've really never done. I mean, I've been hired to do stuff like you know, do like album covers or book covers or. Mm-hmm some kind of thing, you know, that I know how to do, but it's not really a collaboration. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's weird to, I don't know how to, like, all the things I've ever done creatively have been, like, one-man band solo project, you know? Like, that's yeah. the only way I know how to do I don't understand how, it's t- totally fascinating to me how you can make a thing with other people. Yeah, but, and that's primarily all I've ever done is just worked collaboratively. Mm. And so... The, the yeah yeah so I, it, it is something I would like I would like to do but yeah like as you were saying before you're at some sort of like transition point where you say that's not as important like as key as it was yeah. or like yeah it's yeah. not what uh, it was I'm you know I'm 58 years old and and uh, I I want to try I want to do something else you know yeah I just want to do something else and see what happens yeah, I mean, like, for me, you know, one of the the fun of writing a book is you get to put all this stuff together and you can share it with people and it's, you know, because coming from the art world, it's a lot cheaper. You can sell somebody a book for 15, 20 bucks, yeah. you know, and yeah. I mean, my art prices are super cheap, but it's still, it's a chunk of change to buy an original piece of art. You yes, know? Like, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. So that, that's one of the nice things about books. For me, you know, they're more accessible to people mm-hmm. than art yeah. often well, is. Yeah. Music is the same. Yeah, it's, it's it's a commodity that can be multiplied, so everyone can have it. Yeah, it also just exists in the air. I mean, it's that's why it's the best art. <laughs> you don't even need any. You know, you don't need a physical container. You know, that's true. it's just out there all the time. So <laughs> it's, it's the best art. Yeah. Yeah, I had it very weird. I mean, like, you know, I was made to play musical instruments right. when I was a child. Yeah, so, but I started on flute. Ah. I was five. I, I had a and pick- your dad didn't say that's not a, that's not a main pickle- instrument? <laughs> no, what happened was, uh, so I went, and this was in Moscow, and I was five, and I went to the music school, and the piccolo flute, the teacher left, and they had decided, they, whoever was running the school told my mom that, like I was way too talented to stay on that instrument and that I had perfect pitch and I should switch to the violin. And that's when 
that was the beginning. That was that's what doomed me, and I was stuck playing this horrible neurotic instrument for eight years that I hated the whole time. And so you just loved the piccolo flute? That's what you wanted to do? I don't know if I loved it or not, but uh, <laughs> I sure as hell never liked the violin. <laughs> that's, that's it was just the wrong instrument. It's heartbreaking, really. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. No, but that's why I asked you earlier about at the beginning about if your parents encouraged or discouraged the music stuff, because with me, like the whole music playing thing was totally... Uh, my mom like trying to live out her uh, un- you know like unrealized dreams vicariously yeah. through her children you know because her mom didn't make her play by like it was piano in her case but so she was going to make damn sure that her kid would, would do it you know like, yeah. <laughs> I remember my mom was, being mildly supportive I remember yeah. sitting down when I was very young and uh, like seven at neighbor's piano and and uh, she, uh, she said something because I was just messing around playing. Mm. And she said, "Wow, you sound like you could. That's you sound yeah. like you have talent." And then I just I remember that because it didn't come very often from either of them. But I, I think I've always worked sort of uh, uh, like it, my 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 father uh, well, with music. Like he, I remember when I've said this before in interviews, but when I was. 16, 17, he was, I was singing to Fleetwood Mac in my bedroom, and he stuck his head in, and he said, well, we know there's one thing you'll never be. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so, I don't know if I purposefully became that, just yeah, that, oh, yeah. to fuck him. Like, fuck you, Dad. Like you, to fuck you. I mean, you know, it took a while before I was able to sing, actually, yeah. so it was, he wasn't far off, but, uh, with my talent at that point. Yeah. But it, um. But yeah, it's funny. So it wasn't really like there was support or, you know, what you thought about going to music school and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. there wasn't any of that. No, I mean, I think it maybe if 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 I'd not you know chosen the or made been made to play the wrong instrument, there's a chance that's what I would have ended up doing, you know. Good yeah. chance. And I keep I mean, I keep buying like I've now I've bought three guitars over the span of like 20 or 30 years. And like I sort of like look at them, and speaking of like being anxious or whatever, I have one now. I bought one last year again, and is sitting there just taunting me, you know. Yeah. Because picking it up is like <laughs> that's what they do. But pick, pick, yeah, pick, picking it up like opens this whole fucking can of worms, yeah. and I'm I'll, I'll do it, but like I have to trick myself into it somehow, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. And then you know it's it's always it's like it's it's a little like exercise for me. I I, I get into the swing of things, mm-hmm. swim every day, and then somehow I fall off, and then I'm mad at myself every day for not doing it, but I just don't do it. And mm-hmm. then I wait, it goes a long time, and then I do it, and I why was I such an idiot? I not I love doing this, and then yeah. the guitar is sort of the same way. Like I will I'll play it every day in the morning for a long period of time, and then mm-hmm. I just and I write something, and then I've reached that goal. I've, I've pulled yeah. the thing out of me that I was trying to do, and then the guitar just goes back on the stand and sits there for a very, very long time. And mm. I and and I uh, and it taunts me. It's they're just sort of sitting over here right now, and they they just taunt me. Then I pick it up again, and, and you know, out of the blue, and it's like, why? I could have been real good if I just would have just been practicing all this time, but I don't. It's strange. Yeah, it's a strange thing. Which is part of the ambivalence, I think, you know, about yeah. it. It's, 
I don't know why. It's a uh, um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I played long enough. I should be better than I am. <laughs> There's really no excuse for my my just adequate performance level. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, you know like good at I mean there's plenty of people that are really good at playing instruments that have absolutely nothing to say on well, them well that's true that is true I'll, I'll just uh, be satisfied with the notion that I, I I'm saying a lot <laughs> yeah I mean that's you still have to have something to say <laughs> yeah that's what it's about yeah well cool good place to stop sure Ever. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> I hope I wasn't too much of an idiot.